Are you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lucasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lucasen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you are listening to this podcast, it's so great to see you and hear you today uh, when I'm talking again for the podcast Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. It's on the empowerment channel of Voice America, which is the largest radio platform in the world of talk radio shows. So welcome to everybody, because I know I have a worldwide audience. Uh, Anybody listening in Canada or the United States, where I am, but also there are listeners in Europe, in Germany, in Holland, the Netherlands, I should say. And there's also uh, listeners in countries like Australia and China and Vietnam even. So welcome to the show. Uh, It's so great that you make time to find out more about topic that relates to retirement, your next chapter in life, or maybe you're retired already and you just want to get some good ideas and suggestions. It's my great pleasure to present this series of shows and bring subjects that will help in planning, preparing for your next chapter in life. So my name is Maria Lucas and I am excited. I am a certified retirement coach and I help find and help women find joy and meaning in their retirement. So ideally we plan this uh, for starting the next phase in our life. So after more than 40 years of working full-time, Two months ago, I finally retired from full-time and now I'm working still for two days a week uh, doing some projects at the same company as where I was. So um, I, I want to say this, it's, it's great to do that, um, but I also want to keep doing podcasts so I can help as many women as possible to get a different perspective on retiring. And this is kind of what I see using my voice to bring awareness and to motivate women to choose a vibrant lifestyle in their next chapter. And that's a legacy that I would love to leave for as many women as possible. So if you are stuck, um, feeling stuck at the moment, then uh, listen to this podcast uh, as much as possible to the different topics that we discussed. And I have also a 90-day program that could help you to get unstuck and unlock your activity blocks and turn your ideas into action so that you stop spinning and you start creating your happy retirement. So if you 
want to have a meaningful new chapter that is joyful and vibrant, then join me for my 90-day group program. So welcome, welcome to today's show. Um, just uh, today, we're having a topic where I have trouble with, and that is sleeping. I sleep way too few hours. And even if I want to sleep for longer, my cat is happy to wake me up <laughs> early in the morning. So even if I wanted to sleep longer, I have uh, an alarm that, uh, that wakes me up sooner. So that's the topic for today. And uh, if you want to catch up on last week's or last month's ones, that was um interview with Barbara Geiger about um, how you can find adventure and purpose in retirement. And we talked about her trip um, of going on a kayak tour for five months down the Mississippi River. So that was last month's topic. And today we're going to talk to my guest and her name is Callie Patrick. Callie, welcome to today's show. I'm so excited to get some great information on how I can um, get better sleep. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast, Maria. Okay. Yes, listeners, um, it's, it's a topic I think that more people have where we uh, encounter that we either wake up at night or that we can't get to sleep uh, quick enough, or like me, we're waking up way too early. So before we go into the questions, I would like to give you a quick bio about Callie so you can um, you know a little bit more about her. So Callie Patrick is an adult sleep coach. And she has a book written. She's the number one best-selling author of Mastering Your Sleep Puzzle, your 12-week guide to sleeping better. She helps stressed out, tired people reclaim their sleep, energy, enthusiasm for life. Wow, that's what we are looking for. Even if we don't work anymore, we still want to have energy and enthusiasm. So Kelly blends her training as a national board certified health and wellness coach and therapeutic trained yoga teacher into a practical and flexible approach that helps busy people improve their sleep long term. Kelly has personal experience both with insomnia and burnout has added a different dimension to her approach and making her a leading thought-after sleep expert. Kali believes that everyone has the ability to sleep naturally without any of the products like pills, potions, gadgets, and everything else. She has been a guest on several other podcasts, but also she has been on an writing articles for Entrepreneur, Thrive Global. She has been an, a sleep advisor uh, for a um, magazine and for the Boston Globe. So she was even on local television 
getting healthy without rules, which is, um, it looks like a, a, a local uh, television channel. I don't know actually where it is. You might say that in a minute. So welcome, Kali, to today's podcast. And um, I'm so glad that I found you really, because as you heard me say already, sleeping is an issue that I have had trouble with for a long time because I, uh, during my working time, I uh, I was working long days. I was tr- building a business or a coaching um, career next to it. Um, so I, I made a lot of hours during the day and then couldn't fall asleep at night. So I had days where I indeed just had maybe five hours at the most. So people, um, often we work hard during the day and then we can't get to rest um, with with what we, uh, when we, our national rhythm says, okay, it's time to go to sleep. So what are some of the benefits for having quality sleep? Let's talk about that first. For older adults, and especially uh, if, um, yeah, like now sure. we are, I'm transitioning out of my working career into a more relaxed phase in life. Right. Well, hopefully that does help improve your sleep because, as I often say, you know, the daytime is really what sets us up for our nighttime experience. They are two sides of the same coin, so to speak, but we can we can get into that a bit later. In terms of the benefits, I, I included a whole chapter in my book about the benefits, and I had to really uh, cull it down because studies are continuing to come out that show sleep is really connected to our health and well-being in so many different ways, specifically for uh, older adults, those heading into retirement, um, I think some of the more interesting benefits include our how our immune system works. Uh, specifically, you mentioned that you were sleeping five hours and uh, anything six hours, four to six hours is generally considered what we call short sleep. And some studies have shown that uh, one night, of short sleep has the ability to reduce our immune system function by 70%, that's 7-0. So when we're looking at staying healthy, um, whether that's fighting off the latest uh, plague or, or, you know, more serious disease, sleep is is really vital for for a functioning and healthy immune system. So I always like to point that, that one out, which of course is true for everyone, but Um, You know, as we age, I think we want to keep our systems working as optimally as possible and fighting off things that, um, you know, could create some serious long-term health uh, concerns. So that's from the physical perspective. Certainly also from the uh, mental health perspective, right, you're working with women who are in transition and and there's some you know processing that has to happen around that i think you know from an emotional standpoint from a mental health standpoint um a lot of people that i coach 
are very intricately connected in terms of their identity with their profession and what they do. And so letting that go can be you know, challenging and it can, it can require, uh, you know, resilience and, and, a, and a different sort of mindset about, okay, what is the next chapter uh, of my, of my life and how do I want to, um, thrive in that versus it being an ending and, um, you know, potentially causing anxiety or depression. So sleep can help with that as well. Certainly, there is also this concern for many of my clients who are, you know, more in the middle age category where we talk about cognitive health as we age. Uh, certainly, many of my clients have seen their parents dealing with dementia or other um, Alzheimer's, different, you know, different cognitive issues. And studies have shown that sleep in midlife uh, is is somewhat predictive of long-term cognitive health. So getting our sleep now to uh, protect our minds later in life is really important. And and the last benefit I'll just call out, which I think is, is something that people don't realize and, and it's pretty interesting, is that people who sleep well and get high-quality sleep tend to make better decisions. And they have shown that people who are not sleeping well, they actually make riskier choices, make riskier decisions, and they're not aware that they're doing that. So, you know, if we're making certain financial decisions, uh, especially as one is transitioning from having maybe a full-time job to, um, you know, to figuring out finances um, or any other, you know, life-altering decisions, which uh, happen a lot during this time, we want to be in our best mental capacity to be uh, making good choices. Exactly, exactly. Uh, that's so true that um, um, when we age, of course, uh, like you mentioned already, when we, we get in our 50s, 60s, definitely, I, I have noticed that, uh, of course, my, my memory is not so good anymore. I'm forgetting things. So, yes, our brain is working differently. So, and for that reason, uh, our lifestyle might get different too. We might not be as alert anymore uh, often in things that we are, we are doing. And, and it takes us a little bit longer, usually, too, to get uh, certain things done. So... Um, making decisions, like you say, is, 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 it can be a challenge sometimes. Now I get older. So, and if sleep helps me by just getting a clearer mind and, um, being better in assessing, uh, the situation and the risk that I'm taking, that would be awesome because, yeah, uh, Often, um, we are challenged when we, especially if we have to make bigger decisions on, um, do I sell the house? How, what I'm going to do with my investments? And, um, in your, in your, your book, you, you talk about certain habits that people have, uh, created in their life. 
and uh, that are now uh, preventing them from uh, creating the, the, the best, um, how shall I say, routine for going to sleep. Is there something that uh, you could say, okay, maybe um, look at, uh, at this and this and this so that it helps you get ready for bed? Yes and no. So it's, you know, as a coach, what helps one person may or may not help another person. Sure. So routine in general is something that is a rest-inducing practice. Um, If you think about your day or your life, when you know what's coming, when you have a rough plan, um, when you stick to a schedule in general, we don't experience stress the same way as when things are completely up in the air and unpredictable. So in general, it's good to have a routine. And this is something that I do see uh, people who are in transition uh, tend to lack routine, whether that's moving from a corporate position to working for oneself or moving from working to not working. Um, there's a freedom in that for sure. And oftentimes, I think people swing in the direction of, well, I could do whatever I want, so I will yeah. do it whenever I want. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and and so all the routines get thrown out the window. And, you know, that's, that's fine maybe to play with for a time. But it is very important that new routines get established because, again, those those Routines really do, and and the routines during the day as much as, you know, there's a lot of focus on morning routine, and there's so much focus on bedtime routine, but I often encourage people to look at their routine during the day because there are a lot of rhythms and and sleep uh, milestones and setters that happen you know, between the morning and the evening routine. So, and and what that looks like for people varies greatly, but if someone has a completely random schedule and there is no, no uh, similarity from one day to the next, then that is something that is going to create sleep problems. So, you know, I like to look at those three sort of sections, morning routine, daytime routine, and bedtime routine to see where someone needs the most assistance. And then depending on willingness, right? I mean, if if you're going to bed at, at, at one in the morning and it's not something that you want to change, well, that's fine. We can still potentially do something to improve your sleep by changing daytime rhythm, right? So, um, that's part of what's in the book and why I call it a flexible process because it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. And um, and the, the ways that you can take steps to improve your sleep with routine, regardless of what that is, uh, can, can vary greatly. So, um, you know, you mentioned uh, in your introduction about your cat, I think, waking you up early, right? So if that's the case, maybe... Sleeping in is not going to happen, practically speaking. So then you could look to, okay, well, how do I get myself to bed earlier? Does that make sense for me if I want to start prioritizing getting more hours of 
sleep. Um, so again, it's, it's very individual, but I would say in general, the rule of thumb is routine is important. The specifics of that are sometimes less important. Right. Yes, I, I totally can see that everybody is different in a way. And you have people who are night people, as they say, and other people are morning people. So depending on what your personal um, rhythm cycle is of how you feel best in life, you will have different choices on what you want to include in creating that structure for the morning and and for the evening yes they all talk about definitely about the morning routine and an and an evening routine uh, to see what do you want to include do you want to include meditation and prayer some people might do yoga um, you could read books there's so many things either morning or evening that you can uh, add to that particular process of either waking up in a certain fashion or winding down in, uh, in a way that gets your body already in a state of sleeping well. Um, so something uh, about that routine. Would you um, suggest that if you don't sleep long enough, either way, like you mentioned now already, I, sh I and I've thought about that. My my morning hour is kind of I can't change that. I can't change the cat, unfortunately, <laughs> to do that. But indeed, I could uh, start working on sleeping earlier as what I do now, so that I can add uh, maybe another hour to my sleep instead of um, losing it. Yes. So ha do you have the any animals, tips on, on what to do there? Well, I'll just say this this thing. You know, I have cats as well, and the animals tend to be much more in tune with natural rhythms, right? I often work with people, uh, especially older people, who do wake up earlier. Um, and I myself, this morning, I think 530 right? The sun is out. And that's the time of year we are here uh, in the US on the East Coast. And so that is, that is normal in, in many, you know, in many contexts, but we make it to be like, oh, I'm, I'm up too early. Well, the sun is up. Your, your body is uh, trained to be conditioned to light. And so it is not necessarily a problem unless you, again, are cheating yourself on the other end and pushing past um, ener energy lows that happen in the evening uh, when it's time to start going to bed, if we resist that, right, and we, we ignore those signals. Um, you mentioned an interesting word there, which was unwinding before bed. Many people talk about this now, and it's actually one of the things that I want to put out there for folks in terms of looking at the daytime is that why are you winding in the first place, <laughs> right? How can you look at your daytime and create it in a rhythm throughout the day such that you expend energy, you restore energy, 
you expend energy, you restore energy so that there is nothing to be unwound or there is less to be unwound in a bedtime routine, right? Um, so why why we are, especially when we have freedom, right? Entrepreneurs, people, you know, who have left most of the, the workplace uh, uh, rhythms behind have a freedom to live their life in a more balanced way. Um, but oftentimes, 20 years, 40 years of, of working, right? We don't know how to do that anymore. <laughs> so yeah. it's almost a retraining of our systems in order to do that. And, you know, the one other thing I'll say about, uh, you know, to your question and to the, to the routines is that for people who are struggling, meaning they have been uh, calling themselves insomniacs, they have had lots of difficulty sleeping. What I find for many people in those categories is that the, the things that they are doing are almost too many, right? The bedtime routine consists of so many steps and so many choices. Well, I can do meditation or I could have a bath or I could do this or I could do that. And, and, and it becomes a stressor in and of itself trying to figure out what should I do and to fit all those things in. So um, one of the biggest mistakes I see people trying, uh, you know, who are trying to improve their sleep is often doing too many things to try and improve sleep and seeing some natural either energy highs or energy lows as being problems when they're really more in sync with our natural human systems, but culturally they might be off or we might be trained to not be seeing them as normal. So um, that maybe gets into another question there, but hopefully it's still helpful. Yes, yes. And I like the way how you say this, because um, it's all um, our context on how we see things. Like you said, Earlier on with waking up at 5.30 or for me, 6 o'clock when my cat, I, I think it's early, but that's how I see it. If if I look the way how you look at it and say, hey, the sun is up, it's a good day. Uh, you might say, oh, I'm happy to be up now that uh, and I can start doing things already. Um, but yeah, if you think, okay, no, I have to sleep till seven or seven thirty, then of course I'm already, um, starting my day in a different way of, uh, and, and feeling a little bit bad about, um, I, I, I have to get up so, so early. And that's the same with when you, when you talk about, um, creating that routine in the morning or in the evening. Um, we want to add things to them because there's so much, uh, information out there that says, okay, um, yes, uh, this is good. And some self care with taking a bath can help. And uh, before you know, you have an hour long routine at both yes. ends. And that can put indeed a pressure on you, especially if you're still working. Maybe it could do less if you would see it as um, not as something that you have to do, but something that you get to do 
if you want it. What you're pointing out is it's certainly a balance, right? We want to have a routine. We want to have something we do on a consistent basis. But we don't want 10 things that we have to try to do on a consistent basis. So when I coach people, the real part of the goal is to discover what what are the one or two things that when done consistently are going to have a a large impact on the the system of the person, right? So meaning it calms the mind, it calms the body, it, it allows you to rest, it prepares you for sleep or prepares you to wake up and prepares you to have a healthy day. But having a few small things that are done every day versus having 10 things that are done sort of randomly when you feel like it um, is really what the balance is that we're looking for. So few things, but consistent in those things. And and I think right now, like you said, there's so much information um, and not even just information. There's so many products. Last I looked, the sleep aids market was something like $65 billion. Wow. And it's incredible, right? So we have all these things that we can take and ingest and, and buy and, you know, blankets and pillows and, and all those sorts of things. Um, but really, we don't know if any of those things are helping us. And in some cases, they are actually uh, perpetuating a problem. So let's really discover for each individual, what are the very few things that really have the biggest impact? And how do we work them into a routine that we enjoy doing? Like you said, we get to do and and therefore it happens without you know, discipline and willpower and these shoulds that that often uh, people approach them with. Yeah, um, exactly. It's uh, I even have not thought about um, the the sleep industry yet. You know that there are besides uh, that you could have, of course, um, if you have been to the doctor that you get medication for it. But there's also um, over the counter. Um, supplements that you can uh, can get to help you sleep better. Uh, I love to drink my chamomile tea in the evening. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, that's something that uh, might relax uh, my mind, calm me down a little bit. So yes, there's so many, uh, and and then the chamomile tea is still a very, uh, how shall I say? Um, easy it's it's nothing big you know on on your body nor uh financially but it's, yeah it's a lot of people who spend time on uh and and a lot of money on uh these uh these supplements but also you you mentioned a certain pillow uh and, and that kind of of things are, are i don't know um yes there's a lot more out as as what we uh, think of when we just say, okay, uh, how can I sleep better? People have been looking at, uh, at at all kinds of things out there. Maria, the one thing I would I would just kind of point out in in terms of that is if if one remembers that sleep is a surrender, sleep is a letting go of the day then when you see all the ways that you are trying to control sleep, anytime you are trying to control sleep, it is often 
um, more likely that you will be pushing sleep further away because sleep is about surrendering and letting go. So the more we um, try to make sleep happen, <laughs> unfortunately, it, it's sometimes counterintuitive that the less successful we will be, we can certainly influence our sleep in a certain direction. But I find that between the pills, the products, you know, whether that's supplements or drugs, um, and certainly I'm not a doctor, so there, I'm sure there is a, a smaller segment of the population who does need medication, but probably not as many as, as we see, um, you know, learning how to surrender into that state is something that I think many people have lost. And when we put, again, more control on the situation, the more anxious many people get and the more stressed they get out about it and the more they try to control it and the worse it becomes. And that's what I see in so many people. And that's what we attempt to uh, unravel in coaching. Yes, yes, yes. So um, besides uh, all those things that uh, we are hearing and, and, and see in, in commercial world, in the business worlds that are trying to to sell us something um, to help us sleep better. There's some other things that um, we often can do um, without that we have to uh, um, pay for the medication or to, to, to get a certain product. And, and I'm thinking here about... Um, and I, I, I think I mentioned it already, something like meditation and yoga, that kind of activities. Um, do you know, uh, have you seen in, in your practice when you're dealing with uh, people, especially the older generation, would this be something that could help them to ease again uh in 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 a in a state of relaxation and rest if they want to um have it easier to fall asleep yes so you mentioned in my bio not only am i a health and wellness coach but i'm also a therapeutically trained yoga and meditation teacher yeah um, that does include movement it includes uh, breathing techniques and, and specific types of meditation to help with sleep. And I'll put a little asterisk on that for a moment um, because when we say you, we use yoga and meditation for sleep, which I actually do, uh, there are several practices in my book. There are, are practices that I, when I work one-on-one one, one -on -one with clients, they get an individual customized practice specifically sure. for their their issues but um the goal of the practices is often misunderstood right the goal of these practices is not necessarily to help you fall asleep or to help you even unwind although of course it can have those effects the goal of these practices is to restore balance to uh, what we call a hyper-aroused or overstimulated nervous system. So one of the root causes, uh, probably the number one root cause of sleep issues I see in people is that there is a nervous system 
uh, imbalance, meaning we are stuck in the stress response, the sympathetic uh, gets more <laughs> activation, however you want to look at it. Um, and so these practices generally help to bring balance and restore the parasympathetic, the rest and digest response. And that opens the doorway for an easier experience falling asleep or uh, a, a less fragmented night of sleep. It doesn't induce sleep in and of itself, which I think I, I always have to really stress that with people, right? Because if we're saying, oh, I did this practice and it didn't help because I didn't fall asleep, well, that's misunderstanding the goal of the practice. And oftentimes these practices take some time, right? Like a medication that sometimes needs to build up in your system, you may not instantly fall asleep as a result. And I think we, you know, in our culture in general, we have a uh, quick fix mentality. And to improve the sleep long term, just like to lose weight long term or do anything from a long term perspective, we need to uh, work at it a little bit at a time and be doing the right things. So um, there are certainly many practices and, and ones, again, that I include in my in my programs and in my book um, that do help, but they help to uh, pave the way for sleep. Yes, thank you for explaining that. Um, because like you say, our society, the majority of us, we want to get results quickly. And um, when we, we hear about those things, then yeah, it has to show us the benefits right away kind of thing um, in order for us to believe that it is helpful and believe that there are benefits um, for uh, adding something into our routine or into our life that, uh, um, yeah, that has such a, can have a big impact on how we uh, live our life, how, how healthy we feel in our mind and in our bodies. So um, I'm glad that you say, hey, yoga, it's not done because <laughs> to sleep better, and uh, you might sleep better afterwards, long time, because your uh, other system is calm and more at rest, more at peace, more balanced. And that's why you might sleep better too. But it's not initially um, the thing that will help you to fall asleep. So well, we are talking here about at the moment about bedtime sleeping. Um, what do you think about, we talked about daytime routines and things, and um, especially now uh, we are getting older. And uh, I notice myself that there's times during the day that I have difficulty to keep my eye open, that I have a tendency if I put my head uh, against um the chair or something that I could easily drift up. So taking a nap, would that be something that could help us, uh, our, the generation, say 60 and above, um, in getting more um, sleep or a better uh, rest for our body that will help with our energy supply? 
Right. So, so we're talking about naps and as always, the answer is it depends. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned if you were to put your head down and close your eyes, you would fall asleep. That says to me that you are sleepy. Many people will take a nap because they are fatigued when what they need is rest, right? You will know the difference if you put your head down and close your eyes and you do not fall asleep. That is, you just need to take a rest oftentimes. But if you do truly fall asleep, then you are sleepy. For older adults, it can be useful, especially if there is no way to improve the sleep at night, to have a regular routine of a nap a short nap. And um, so you can think of it as, you know, when we were young, we had nap time, <laughs> right? It's, it's sort of come full circle. And so that can be a great practice. Again, done inconsistently, it might have less of an effect because it's, it's not a rhythm, right? So you have to decide, is this a uh, designated time part of my day that I want to do this? The earlier in the day that you can do that is better because you will then still have potentially the capacity to sleep at night um, without getting into lots of specifics. Anytime that you sleep, you reduce uh, what's called sleep drive, which is exactly what it sounds. It's your drive to sleep. So, um, so napping too long or napping uh, too late in the day does have the potential to interfere with sleep at night. So I do see people often using naps as the band-aid of, well, I don't want to fix my sleep at night. <laughs> right? So um, I, I want to stay up late. I want, I can't wake up, I, I can't sleep in. And so I'm going to use the nap and I'm going to use the nap inconsistently, um, which I find overall doesn't help solve the problem, right? So we need to look at um, why are we not getting enough sleep at night? Is that just a matter of changing some lifestyle habits? And I think just like it's easy, which is not, it isn't always, but are we being stubborn about changing what we need to change to get healthy sleep at night? Um, or is it, hey, we've done really everything we can. We do know that sleep for, for some unknown reasons, I mean, they're still uh, kind of unclear about this for older uh, folks that, you know, the ability to sleep well does decline with age. So in that case, having a nap as a consistent part of the rhythm and the routine can be helpful. Um, so really, it depends on, to summarize, the reason behind why we are napping um, making sure that we are really needing sleep versus rest and making sure that that becomes a part of our daily routine. Um, I'll say one last thing about napping because I do also find that sometimes with people who don't have enough to engage them, they don't have enough social interaction, they don't have um, adventure, purpose, etc., the nap becomes something to do because there's boredom, right? So again, we have to really tease out what is the reason why we're doing this and is it a substitute for something else or is it is it something that's really needed? 
Right, right. Exactly. Um, that could quite well happen for people that um, have uh, stepped down from from work and indeed are people that have not uh, a lot of activities going on, are not as outgoing, maybe not as fit to do a lot of um, exercising activities or going out, uh, that kind of thing, and are just comfortable being at home and maybe uh, doing things like reading or painting or knitting or things that you uh, are much more um, an activity that is um, less uh, stressful on 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 your body, and they might indeed um, use the, the afternoon uh, after lunch or whatever, and say, "Okay, I'm going to sit down for half an hour and and just relax and see if I can sleep." My mom used to do that. Um, she was asked to do this um, somewhere in her fifties. That the doctor said, okay, um, maybe you should sit down after lunch and, and sleep and, and try to, to nap for 20 minutes. So she did it and she didn't get out of it anymore. She kept doing it until she kind of passed away when she was um, uh, way in her 80s. But yes, um, for some people, indeed, uh, napping can be part of a daily habit, a daily structure. Um, to just sit down and and relax and uh, let the mind go. And if you if, if you fall asleep, that's that's I think is it's it's good, especially um, if uh, if it does not um, prevent you from sleeping well at night. That's uh, the other thing, of course, because if it then creates a problem uh, because you don't have enough um, drive, like you call it. To sleep in the night, then it's of course not a good idea to do the napping, to do the napping thing. So, is there any other challenges that you have noticed um, that can create us from um, not sleeping well? Um, you mentioned something in your book, or actually, it's the title, I think, of your book, and I didn't give the book title, did I? Um, it's mastering your sleep puzzle. So, how how did you see that that um, we our time to sleep is more uh, challenging as just closing our eyes and thinking, okay, I'm gonna gonna rest now. Well, the the sleep puzzle book. Um... The title there was really driven by this idea that sleep has become, for many people, similar to putting together a jigsaw puzzle, right? And yeah. my my uh, theory and, and what I see with many people is that, again, there are so many choices and so many things that could be uh, contributing and so many possible solutions that it's really important for the puzzle to be your puzzle, right? To be 
an individual situation, right? As an expert, you know, I'm often called an expert, but I, I still mainly consider myself a coach. So we look at, you know, well, so-and-so told me to do this, but is that the right thing for me? Does it belong in my picture, in my puzzle? And what steps do I need to take to make my picture come out more clearly? Um, what pieces do I actually need versus the ones that I don't need? And what pieces am I missing, right? If, <laughs> I always sort of joke that if you are trying to put together the puzzle and there's a piece still stuck in the corner of the box or on the floor, you can try as hard as you want. You're never going to finish that puzzle. <laughs> no. So how do we make sure that all the pieces that each person needs are on the table and that we put them together in the most um, flexible comfortable, enjoyable way possible? And how do we complete our, our own picture uh, long term? So that's really the, the philosophy of my coaching practice. That's the philosophy in the book. And um, it doesn't have to be uh, a thousand piece puzzle, right? It could be a 500 piece puzzle. It can be uh, something that requires less work rather than more work. And Again, most of what I see, especially with people who have struggled with their sleep for a long period of time, is overthinking, overdoing, which is actually contributing to the problem. So doing less and selecting the right things for that person are super important. And that's what I'm hoping the book helps more people do and and what I help people do when they take my course or when they uh, decide to coach with me one-on-one. Okay. Yes. Um, We indeed all are um, different in a way as what uh, will work for each of us. And like you mentioned, and we didn't discuss that uh, in, in, in really in, detail or it didn't come up so there are people who have indeed uh, some health issues that can affect our sleeping and then we have of course our mental mind who has all those thoughts going on of things what we need to do want to do what we forget and and all that kind of thing so there's a lot of uh, pieces of the puzzle that come together for us and some have fewer as others. Um, but yes, you need to have them all in order to see what will work for you when you're talking about how can I get the best sleep possible um, when I go to when I go to bed. And um, as you mentioned, um, I, I loved your um uh, your little e-guide, what you had on your website. And I think that would be really something great for the uh, anybody listening to, to look at to see because we d- didn't go in a lot of things that can uh, prevent us from having not enough sleep, from just thinking about all the technological gadgets and things uh, around that we even didn't mention. Uh, or, or how they affect our sleep quality. Um, so, yes, you, you mentioned already that you have a course and you do one-on-one coaching. So how can uh, our listeners get in touch with you and uh, how can they get the book? Yes. 
So all of the things that I mentioned are on my website. That's CalliePatrick.com, K-A-L-I. Um, they can also go to CallieSleepCoach.com and find the same information. The uh, the three offers that I, I do have are for the book, uh, which has its own dedicated website. It's SweetPuzzleBook.com. So the book is available also on Amazon, again, called Mastering Your Sweet Puzzle. And it is based on the one-on-one -on -one coaching that I do with folks uh, through telehealth systems. So wherever they are in the world, I can, I can coach them. If that's something that they want to do, they can also uh, book a free clarity call with me from the website. So we will chat for free for 30 minutes and see if coaching is a good approach. The course is also available through the website. It's called the Sleep Academy. And it's a self-paced online course that runs for six weeks. And so it's an abbreviated form of the one-on-one -on -one coaching. Obviously, it, it can be more cost-effective to, uh, to do the course or to take the book, but all of those are available. And I believe that you're referencing the, um, the Lifestyle Habits Wrecking Your Sleep, which is a sample chapter of the book available for free on the website. Yes, yes. I will uh, mention your website, uh, definitely in uh, the notes for this particular episode so people can find it there if they were not able to make uh, uh, written notes right now because they might be uh, jogging somewhere or uh, listening to it while they are driving because that's uh, an ideal way of listening to, to podcasts at least for me. Um, so yes, those uh, this information on how you can get in touch with Kali will be in the in the notes. So you can look there for her websites as well as um, for the book. And uh, uh, so you can get in touch with her if you have any questions and if you wanted to discuss, like Kali says already, uh, everybody is different and every situation is different. So. Take advantage of the free uh, conversation that she has and maybe uh, talk with her about your personal situation and uh, and see if she can help you uh, get um, some better sleep in the future. So, listeners, I don't know, and I say this every single time, uh, I my topics, I love my topics, I love my experts who are uh so knowledgeable and uh helping us to understand more about how we can change sometimes just small things in our life to get um a better life quality so thank you Kali, for being here today and sharing with us your um uh, your ideas on how we have to look at sleep and not just go with the general, okay, you have to sleep nine hours and it only can be within this time frame. No, uh, everybody is different there. So um, thank you for being on the call. I, I, uh, I had a great time talking. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Maria. Thank you. Okay. So listeners, uh, just be uh, on the lookout every last Wednesday that there will be a new topic where you can listen to. And if you enjoy something or you have an idea, please feel free to reach out 
by email uh, to me by uh, just sending a message to Maria at blissful retirement.com. And uh, I will uh, look for an expert or a speaker that can talk on that topic. I would love to hear from you, even if this particular uh, topic was helpful to you, let me know. I enjoy um, finding out that what we talk about is uh, beneficial for you. So thank you very much. Again, leave a comment on uh, the podcast pages like iTunes, etc., so that more people can find us. And uh, I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks' time. Enjoy your day and take care. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lukasen, will return with another show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement. <laughs>